1: Those individuals that don't wait for permission. Leaders in education who are actually courageous enough to make real change in their learning community as they foster the growth of each young person in their care to
0: ultimately thrive in this new world environment. These are their stories. You know, I was talking with our producer, Oliver, the other day about the Star Wars series. It's something that we've shared between each other for nearly his whole life. And we were talking about Coruscant, the planet on which the Jedi trains. We began this series with that image of Star Wars and a new hope. Somehow, I feel as though Adriano and I have been the Jedi in training with the amazing Jedi Masters of Series 6 of Game Changers with our series theme, A New Story, human-centered, technology-enriched people and place and planet conscious and intentionally purposeful education to fulfill the new social contract of education, which is today's learning for tomorrow's world. What a series it's been. I can't wait to talk to the OGADP all about it. I'm excited. I can't wait. Let's go. Before we start our conversation, Phil, can you share with
1: our audience a little insight into our series premium sponsor?
0: Thanks, Adriano. Of course. We are delighted to be partnering with the team at Open Parachute. If you want to teach mental health to your students, but you don't have time to become an expert, Open Parachute can help. Learn more at openparachute.com.au. Well, Phil, it's so wonderful to be with you again uh, this morning. Uh, How is the fair weather of the People's Democratic
1: Republic of Fitzroy treating you today?
0: Look, it's a beautiful day in Fitzroy. The sun is shining, it's crisp outside, and I may just have had the best porridge in the world Mm -hmm. shout out to pony white there's no incentive around that they just do amazing breakfast foods i'm feeling great mate how's sunshine training you today
1: sunshine's wonderful i'd imagine that every time you get on your fixie and 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 go out
0: there in the streets of fitzroy it's like a new hope well look there's always hope for me on a bicycle
1: (laughs) well let's get into series six and uh, i'm glad that you shared with our audience from the top of the show what our, our theme was and of course We actually try to unpack the provocation, hence the connection to the word hope, around this notion of, so what's hope got to do with all of it? In series six of the Game Changers podcast, we once again have 10 remarkable educators, a learning leader, an Australian educator of the year, a global thought leader, a highly accomplished equity expert, the executive director of Catholic education in the Parramatta Diocese, the head of the ABC education, a film producer, a teen neurodiversity champion, a global research officer, and a top 10 finalist in the 2020 Global Teacher Prize. Each challenged our binary thinking and inspired us with this new hope. All Game Changers who continued to light the torch for us and show us the way to build schools and even society differently. Each Series 6 Game Changers guest reminded us, Phil, that all revolutionary ideas begin with a far-fetched dream, grown from the hope for a better world someday, somewhere. And that we were reminded that the fierce urgency of now relates to the imperative that we connect to our purpose, to the needs of our COVID children and those that will follow. We know we now need a new story, a new social contract, and as you said, a new hope. One that reimagines schooling and all of society and one that is deeply human-centred, highly inclusive, tech-enriched, people, place, planet conscious and intentionally purposeful. And of course, one that is daringly hope-filled. So today, we should make this type of learning ecosystem our difference, our audacious, hope-filled aspiration, our own great adventure, the great adventure of truly becoming for self, place and
0: the other. Adriano, it's so beautifully framed there. I want to thank you for this series and for all our previous series for the awesome work that you do in thinking and putting together the roadmap for our adventure. It's a strange fellowship that we have. There's you. I think you're the Aragorn figure in all of this there's oliver i think he's probably a hobbit and then there's me i think i'm probably gollum but you know somehow we make it through and somehow we've managed to mix both star wars and lord of the rings in one paragraph fabulous stuff all you english teachers out there (laughs)
1: let's get to series episode one with tim barrett
0: yes indeed tim barrett what a lovely person tim is and what a Grounded and thoughtful and reflective practitioner. I mean, he really provides a model for us of a person who is able to take the theory and then put it through the lens of the culture and realities of day to day life at his school and help people to translate that into their practice by helping them find their purpose and then a shared practice and a shared purpose.
1: Yeah, you know, Tim's educational philosophy and leadership as a director of learning highlighted the need to foster character dispositions of adaptive expertise, emotional competency and self-efficacy via a dynamic experiential kind of learning framework in today's schooling, with each helping us to pay attention to the needs of yesterday, today and tomorrow in serving our people and place through enacting, of course, our purpose in our intentional practice know, our chat also with Tim emphasised the value of social justice learning and immersion opportunities in our learning communities, positioning the aspiration of, a, of the idea of an active, responsible citizen in the wheelhouse of remaining forever hope-filled, that society sees and values all through the lens of humanity first.
0: Yeah, and at the same time, he provides a really lovely contemporary model of leadership. He doesn't pretend he has all of the answers, but he's got strong intent and he models the very dispositions of the learner along the way so he's he's quite happy to wrestle with and grapple with an idea with that adaptive expertise that we were talking about he's quite happy to reframe his own self-efficacy along the way and he's quite happy to be vulnerable about knowing what he knows not knowing what he doesn't know and then working with people to find the answers and for all the game changers out there if you're looking for a really grounded, down to earth and practical role model in terms of how to do the leadership thing, particularly the leadership of learning and of professional learning. You know, Tim Barrett from the uh, St. Andrews Institute of Learning really, really does that, as does Eleni Krititsis from Strathcona Girls Grammar.
1: Our conversation with the dynamic award-winning Australian education and Lenny brought into sharp focus the value of learner agency and self-determination in school communities. You know, she provided us with uh, practical expressions of creative and critical thinking and via how design thinking protocols can lead to greater student autonomy and independence, you know, better preparing them for the reality of a world in constant flux. That good design can be a source of empowerment, a way of delivering value to everyone. And of course, how excellent STEM programs are fundamentally about adopting a futures thinking paradigm, creating a generation of hope-filled solution architects and continuous learners and unlearners.
0: And Adriana, can I say, she's a real no bullshit person as well too, am I allowed to say that? Like one of the things I really, really like about her is the way in which she combines exquisite content knowledge around curriculum, curriculum design, pedagogy, leading practice in learning, and at the same time cuts through the guff and gets to the heart of what's required. And I think part of that is not only because she's really grounded and doesn't have any tickets on herself and she's a lovely, dynamic, enthusiastic, energetic person who engages people in her world of learning and wants to engage in theirs. She also knows her community Mm -hmm. and knows the girls there. So she demonstrates that understanding of what old fashioned folk like us would call pastoral care, you know, looking after people, which is know the person and respond accordingly. And she's able to do that just really, really beautifully, a great encouragement. And again, another lovely role model of tremendous game changer practice.
1: In in episode three, we introduced our audience to someone who'll be very familiar to many of them. And of course that is the global thought leader in David Price. You know, David reminded us about this notion of the urgency of now that I mentioned a moment ago and why it is imperative that we seize this this moment to reimagine education and schooling for today and tomorrow. You know, Phil, for me, our conversation with David amplified that kind of Otto Schremer quote that that I shared in series six, the prologue, which was, our society must move from ego system To ecosystem economics. This requires that we shift from ecosystem silos to ecosystem awareness that considers others and includes the whole. I mean, David, in our conversation with him, invited us into this ecosystem space, this kind of intentional tuning in journey. And he represented our capacity to kind of imagine the world with fresh eyes and to suspend the legacy of old habits of thought and practice it was deeply hope-filled, and as it requires us to begin to act with care and empathy, not just for ourselves, but for our planet and every other living kind of other, and calling all school leaders into this space of becoming a future builder.
0: Yes, David Price, the godfather of future builders. I think one of the things I really appreciate about David is that he brings an extraordinary wealth of experience to the process of thinking about the connection between education and the community which it serves. In other words, he is one of the leading thinkers in the world around that new social contract of education, that today's learning for tomorrow's world, because he gets both tomorrow's world and today's learning and the pathways along the way. And of course, Adriano, he's another Kappa teacher, isn't he? Creative and performing arts. So he's able to bring a combination of that design thinking, that rigour when it comes to standards, and at the same time, the open-mindedness and the creativity to think differently, to help us all to think differently. You know, it's a real pleasure for our own sense of hope to be refreshed, by talking with someone like David and learning from him.
1: In episode four, we met the remarkable Iko, the ether. And you know, this conversation was a very insightful example of why we should always be asking that Pernil Rip's powerful question, whose voice is missing? You know, when we started to explore the notion of belonging, Iko challenged our thinking in that conversation. And the best way I can explain this is via the line in the book, you Are Your Best Thing, edited by Tarana Burke and Dr. Brene Brown, where Iko is actually a contributing author. In Iko's chapter, there's this one sentence, and she says this, you walk into every room at a deficit, unacceptable, unaccepted. It's a profoundly powerful insight. And she also said in our episode and in, our, in the chapter of the book, which I just quoted, that Iko invited us into the profound space of creating new prevailing narratives that amplify self through the notion of I'm speaking and why we need to accept all before us on their own terms stating, even if this white supremacist society never agrees to see us on our own terms, we're creating our own spaces. Pulling up a chair to a table setting of white supremacy, no thank you.
0: I think one of the things that I find really interesting about Ico is that that the space that she operates in, which is the space of belonging, She provides a tremendous exemplar of the way in which it ain't fluffy, it ain't warm necessarily and lightweight. In other words, that there is a deep intellectual rigor, there is a deep emotional connection and there is a deep sense of calling to the idea that we need to make all educational spaces places of belonging and that to do that, we've got some hard work to do Mm -hmm. on ourselves and to think about the way in which what we think and what we sense implicitly, so that both our implicit and our explicit behaviours provide that space in which the unacceptable becomes acceptable and the unaccepted becomes accepted. And that sharp intellect... And that way of thinking in and around and connecting all the pieces and doing it in a manner which of itself is both an example of excellence, but also an example of being welcoming. I mean, she, she really, really knows how to make you feel as though you belong in a space with her. And at the same time, ask you to think deeply about yourself. And what a great educator. Yeah, look, it was a
1: remarkable conversation and an important one. And anyone that hasn't listened to that episode, I, I strongly encourage you to go do so. Talking about important, Phil. I mean, episode five. I mean, it doesn't get much bigger than this in the Australian educational landscape with uh, with Greg Whitby. You know, Greg's Greg's a, a very important figure in education in, in in Australia. Not not just because he leads an entire system of schools uh, across the Parramatta Diocese in New South Wales, but because he's basically a cathedral thinker. You know, he's inspired by authenticity and faith and Greek has this kind of reflectiveness and sensitivity and strength to manage complexity by honouring the legacy of yesterday, attending to the needs of today and, of course, looking forward to what tomorrow will require of us. School leaders prepared to incorporate a cathedral thinking mindset can spark new life in education provoking a shift from a focus on the status quo of what's what's comfortable and familiar to long-term shared creative value propositions that truly realises education systems that promote excellence and equity for, of opportunity for all, including for those not even born yet. It's all part of, you know, taking that big step forward and up that you often use, that phrase, Phil, uh, into a new social contract of education that connects our purpose with our practice through a greater understanding of our people and our place.
0: Yeah, I've been wanting to talk with Greg for a very, very long time. Um, He's a person whose work I admire. He deals in the currency of the imperfections of our humanity, doesn't he? And helps us to find a way from those towards the hope. He's intensely realistic in what he talks about and at the same time inspiring. As you were talking about cathedral thinking there which you know I, I love that imagery that you bring into this discourse i was thinking to myself that we focus on the exoskeleton of the cathedral don't we? we we focus on the building but the building only exists because of what happens inside it which is about the communion of people to connect with something that's greater than they are and to do that we have to do the work from the inside out and that's really the image of of a cathedral isn't it it's a place where we can do the work from the inside out so we have to regard the work in that way and Greg encourages us to do this because he takes us on that journey with his values and then constructs the value that he thinks he can bring to society and he has no time for propping up things that are out of date and don't work he's a great thinker in and around how we can do things differently, as is Annabelle Asprey. What a great conversation with Annabelle. Like, you know, again, there's another person deeply focused on the other and on creating a sense of possibility. And there's, there's no ego space for her. She just wants to create an ecosystem around our country that creates better opportunities for more learners to grow in the character and competencies and wellness that will enable them to thrive in their world.
1: You know, I kept asking myself this question during our conversation with Annabelle, you know, head of, head of education at the ABC. And the question was, when will the Australian education system realise the importance of digital literacy in today's schooling? And, you know, digital literacy is is the doorway to other literacies that we must kind of wrap our heads around to ensure that technology serves all of our best interests. You know, as we step through that door, we can develop a deeper understanding of algorithm, algorithmic literacy, data literacy, political and economic literacy. And as Annabelle rightfully pointed out to us, media literacy. You know, Annabelle highlighted to us that literacy, in its traditional definition, isn't just about the ability to read and write, that it's actually about the capacity to reflect, analyze, and create. And I'm talking about that whether you're talking about a book or a newspaper or a magazine article or a fictional story or even a media article, that we have this kind of capacity to reflect on what's behind it, who wrote it, what's their assumptions, what world were they part of, and what other information might there be on that particular similar subject? It was quite an enlightening conversation we had with Annabelle, an important one, and I implore, of course, all schools in in, in Australia to pay real attention to digital literacy and media literacy within their curriculum construct.
0: Yeah, and to what the ABC is doing as a pioneer in that space, you know, they're doing great programs that can help us to think about how we can engage with different media to connect uh, with children and to enhance their learning. They're really thinking about what education could be. And in the same way, our episode seven guest, Ted Dentersmith, is helping us to think about what schools could be. You know, there's a guy with a distinguished background in the world of finance who makes a decision and says you know what i'm going to take what i have and apply it to the world of education we've got many models of servants of education there but we've got two interesting contrasts there between annabelle and ted because you know you've got annabelle who's working in the space as a teacher to reinvent from the inside out and then you've got ted who's doing the outside in thing isn't he really he's he's creating um, uh, the ecosystem and, and the facility for people to think differently. And, you know, that's something that you're always challenging us to do, Adriana. You're always challenging us to stop thinking in a binary fashion, you know, stop thinking about the, the way it is and the way it might be, or, or what I know and what I don't know, instead to think about the complexity of the world and how we can embrace that complexity. You know, Ted has a, a, Ted has a lovely way of helping us think about that world. It's interesting
1: because, you know, Ted, Ted is a highly successful venture capitalist and, and he has devoted most of his time and energy and millions of his personal fortune to, to education-related initiatives that call for a radical rethinking of what and how students learn in today's schooling and education system. You know, so much of Ted's work has has reminded us that most teachers are motivated by a passion to transform the lives of the children and the young people in their care. And, and how do we allow students and teachers the permission the space and the trust to basically define their own approach to learning. You know, that's a narrative that's really consistent with the work that we are doing with the School for Tomorrow and, of course, the mission of of the original game changers.
0: Yeah, talking of the mission of the original game changers, we set out in February last year to identify those brave pioneers who are doing stuff differently and showing us a way forward. Shadia Hancock, there's a pioneer for you. What, what, a, what a tremendous person Shadia provides us with a very, very clear way forward to think about how we make education, how we make schools, how we make classrooms, how we make educational experiences more inclusive. Shadia is so generous with explaining to us what is going on in her world and helping us to find solutions to promote that sense of inclusion and belonging and is just delightful along the way because this, this can be difficult stuff, can't it? You know, I always think that it's the solutions that we create at the margins which add value to the experience for everybody. Because if we can do the difficult stuff well, then we can do everything well. And what we learn from the difficulties at the margin, what we learn from people whose needs challenge us more, helps us to challenge ourselves and then become better as educators.
1: You know, in this episode, Phil, you reference the famous E.E. Cummings quote, the hardest challenge is to be yourself in a world where everyone is trying to make you be something else. You know, our chat with Shadia amplified that notion to be nobody but yourself in this world is that all that truly matters. And that we in schools should imagine a school developing from the inside out that was the aggregate of the many lived experiences and personal journeys of each individual rather than the imposition of an ill-fitting kind of average of anybody else that often comes with a standardised education that far too many have become accustomed. You know, Shadia showed us the feeling of empowerment through the running toward not away from our uniqueness our our different minds and our inherent worth and that all of us are part of a neurodiverse community with each bringing something different to the table it was truly inspiring conversation
0: yeah shadi reminds us in the same way that all of our game changers do that education as a process is about the pathway and we can get caught up in the stuff of education without remembering that it's the journey that our learners are taking along the way, which is of itself going to help them build that character and competency and wellness that they need. Yes, stuff is important. We need to be able to demonstrate success in our assessments and our tests. We need we need to get some results on it Saturday. We need to be able to perform. Um, we need to be able to exhibit what we do, you know, because it's good for there to be a product of our learning, but the process product. They work together to create the people in the place with the sense of purpose for our planet. Yeah,
1: look, it's it's quite remarkable. And and uh, again, anyone that hasn't listened to that particular conversation, for me, it was the most significant because it was a young person who has taken uh, ownership of, of who they are. And like I said, they're running towards it and amplifying it in, in, in such pronounced ways that is making real and meaningful change, not only for uh, Shadia's growth, but but the growth of so many that, that Shadia continues to encounter. Let's pause for a moment to remind our listeners about the important work of Open Parachute for wellness in schools.
0: You know your students are struggling with their mental health, but you're not a trained therapist. Open Parachute can help you. Learn more at openparachute.com.au.
1: Talking about generosity, because that's what really Shadia is about. Both Santiago and uh, Ha'an reminded me in the special series of the Proverbs 1125, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. In Santiago and and Haan, you shared with us, Phil, the importance of being authentically seen by creating safe spaces for all learners to enter, to learn, to lead, to live and to work from a a fully flourishing, personalised context. You know, both of those people are two remarkable, globally recognised educators, both deeply passionate about young people, who continue to find opportunities to help others, particularly their students, to understand the place within and outside of themselves to shine in this, this new environment, this new world environment that we find ourselves in.
0: Yeah, Adriana, what, what a privilege talking to both Santiago and uh, Miss Fong. I, I can't decide who I want to be more when I grow up, really. Santiago, you know, one of the great maths teachers of the world and a conversation constructed around his deep philosophy of learning, which is, of course, itself entirely evidence based. This isn't just wishful thinking. This is his understanding that education works when learning is a practice of freedom, when we understand that educational change is a social movement, not a system, and that we can learn the most about innovation and education from the global south. In other words, this is people and place and planet all converging on purpose, which ends up in change, improvement in practice along the way. Is uh, a great storyteller, a great intellect, and just you know, wow! What what an what an opportunity to learn from uh, somebody whose perspective is so broad around education, in the same way that Miss Fong is a person who you can learn from about her journey in a specific place. So there's Santiago playing right around the world. That's his playground, Ms. Phong's playground. It's, it's in her own hometown. You know, she's, she's a Hmong person. She's worked her way through the system of Vietnamese education. She's gone back to her hometown to give back in her school. And she's constantly thinking about her students and what might be better for them and what they need and what, what we call their graduate outcomes might be and how to adapt practice along the way. So, you know, two fabulous conversations. So excited to have been able to indulge myself and share with our listeners two different and outstanding educators.
1: You know, each of our, our, our series six Game Changes guests, Phil, um, we learnt the significance of learning communities that are deeply in tune with the importance of psychological safety. And I think that was really clear that came through each of the conversations. And each of our guests, for me, reminded me to encourage teachers and school leaders to consider Timothy R. Clark's four stages of psychological safety in which you feel inclusion safety, this idea of a deep sense of belonging that you, you've touched upon today. Learner safety, which is about safe to learn and actually take risks in our learning. Contributor safety, which is about being safe to use learner agency and voice and actually actively contribute. And and of course, the last part of Clark's work there is challenger safety, safe to challenge norms and conventions all without the fear of being embarrassed, marginalized, or even punished in some way. You know, this authentic connectedness of people to place and planet linking our purpose to our practice, left me feeling deeply, deeply hope-filled after this particular series. So thank you to Tim, to Eleni, to David, to Iko, to Greg, to Annabelle, to Ted, to Shadia, Santiago, and Ha'an for sharing your story and passion. And thank you for reminding us all that each student in our learning communities is, what is it, Phil? A home to a life. It is as simple and complex as that, born from the construct of love, of self, for place, and for the other.
0: And that's ultimately our home, isn't it? Our home lies in our sense of belonging because as we've learned over the past decade and as we've learned over the past year of the game changers, if you feel as though you belong, you can achieve your potential. If you feel as though you belong and you're achieving your potential, you're going to do good and right in the world. So it all starts with belonging. Sometimes we think that hope is a long way away. It's something that lies on the distant horizon. Whereas in reality, hope is right next to us. Hope is in our place right now. Hope is in those who are closest to us. And talking of those who are closest to us, Adriano, I wanna pay our respects to the team from Game Changers and from A School for Tomorrow, who just do all the work to help us to bring these stories to you. We've got our producer, Oliver Cummins, here with us today. Come on, Ollie, come off mute and say hello to the Game Changer audience, please. (laughs) Hello, everyone. It's lovely to have you with us today, and we want to say thank you to you in particular for all the wonderful work that you do. We were joshing beforehand that uh, that sometimes things are really straightforward for us, and you reminded us, of course, of all the work that you do. So thank you to you. We want to say thank you to Kyle, who works to help schedule and, and to get people to ready around this. We want to thank Matthew. His work in helping us to think about how we put together the organisation. Chairman John, um, for all of his work in helping us to think about plotting our way forward. We want to thank Leanne Wilson for her ever-present inspiration to think about the other and to understand and respect the voices of the many. And game changers, we want to thank you. What are you doing? You're listening to you're listening to our episodes. You're you're you're, you're building a community. You are the new hope you are the reason why we do what we do and you are the reason why there are so many people around the world now 56 countries that we've got people in who listen and are inspired by the stories of our game changers and it's because of the community that grows in and around itself so we want to say thank you to you we can't wait for series seven let's go